0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today. Sports Talk, Southern New England Sports Original, 1037-WEEI. Always live on a free Odyssey app. Now it's time for Cordishy and Coid. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 W E I I
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishian Coit on Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEEI. Scott Cordishian, Nick Coit here in Providence, Rhode Island. Good morning, Nick.
0: Good morning, Scott.
1: Busy night covering high school football. Busy on night. Pick six.
0: I see nice. <laughs> you. You just waiting
1: to do that all morning, haven't you? No, you started I started doing that about thirty seconds
0: before you go on the I air. I love the pick six promo uh, with you and Ian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: look, we have fun, you know. Yeah. We have fun. It was a good night. Uh, some good games out there, which was good. And yeah, it's always fun once yeah. you settle into a routine too. Once you get through the first week, because the first week is like getting back into it.
1: How many games did you get to last night?
0: Um, total we only get to about ten last okay. night. I got to four wow. myself. Wow. Uh, actually five, five because I did an afternoon game. So, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I, had, you know, we always have a good time. The Hendrick and uh, North Kingstown game was really good. That was Ian's game last night, and um, it was funny the the post game interview we did with the, you know, with the player of the game. It was the whole team came over and mobbed him and whatever, and so it was a great scene. So yeah. it's it's always really really yeah. fun. So. <laughs>
1: Joey P up in our Worcester, Massachusetts studio. Good morning, Joey. What's up? I'm chilling. Good morning, gentlemen. It's a beautiful morning. Getting ready for a second straight week of slinging bud lights up at the Razor. (laughs) That's right. Oh, (laughs) This (laughs) week, no no goats in the building. (laughs) Uh,
0: Hey, jelly! this morning slinging some bud lights Uh. again. (laughs) I hope Devin's there to control the board. (laughs) Uh, Let me just, before we get rolling here, uh, I just want to wish... A belated happy birthday to a one Scott Cordischi.
1: Uh, thank you, my friend. Hope happy birthday, a, uh, Scotty. Thank yeah, you. Hope you had a nice day. Uh, how how old are you now? I'm not. Uh, let's, let's I'm just, not that old. <laughs> let's just say I celebrated the 27th anniversary of my 29th birthday. Ah, <laughs> very good.
0: Yeah. Very good. Did you do anything good?
1: Uh, we went out to dinner as good. a family to the, uh, cheesecake factory, but you know, so.
0: <laughs> I, That's good. Well, it's funny. Cause awesome. I've always liked the cheesecake factory. That's good. You know,
1: they, they, they have a pasta jambalaya dish that I, ah, there. There so anyway, um, I said, yeah, let's go out there. And we figured weeknight, it won't be crowded. Cause if you go there on a Friday or Saturday night, even Mont, now, Mont. It, Mont. it's like, you have to wait like two hours for a table. Yeah. So this was what was it? Tuesday night was my Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was my birthday night. Yeah. Uh, we went there. It was dead. Like I've never been to the Cheesecake wow. Factory where there are tons of open tables. You walked in and got seated right away. I'm like, well, I guess this is the time to go to the Cheesecake Factory. During and the you week. can't reserve at yeah. the Cheesecake Factory either, right? No, no, you can't reserve a table. And you know, it probably had something to do too with. I think that was right around the time of the tornado warnings too. Uh, you know, I'm we went watching. out shortly after they expired. <laughs> but I, well, I live in East Providence, and I could hear the sirens from Brown here Wild. in Providence. Yeah. Like you know, the tornado. Honey, the sirens are
0: going off. Yeah, well, we got reservations at the Cheesecake Factory, so (laughs) can't miss those. (laughs) Can't let a little tornado stop us. Hey, if the world's ending, you might as well eat good.
1: Yeah, right. Yep. yep. So, well, good. That's That's great. Yeah. So, um, anyway, what do you want to talk about first? Bloom gets canned by the Red Sox. We've got that. We've got... Patriots week one to kind of break down, and I want to hear your thoughts after what you saw against Philadelphia. How do you feel about the team? How do you feel about Mac Jones? Um, and then we've got the big game Sunday night. I mean, the Dolphins and Patriots and, and what that means. I think this is a huge game for a variety of reasons, so we, we can get into that as well. Uh, we've got local college football and interstate rivalry today. Brown and Bryant meeting up in Smithfield at 4 o'clock. Uh, where do you want to jump off this morning? Um
0: well, let, let's start with the Red Sox. Okay. Let's start with, with what happened this week. Uh, and, and let me ask you, Scott, are, are you
1: surprised that they let go of Bloom? It, it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it now. I thought if anything would be done, it would be during the off season. Um Shocked? No. I guess surprised, yes. I wasn't expecting it to happen at this time. And I still wasn't sure what they were going to do during the offseason. I wasn't sure if it was going to be Haim, if it was going to be Cora, if it was going to be neither, or it was going to be both. So surprised, yes. Shocked, no.
0: I, I would agree. Um, I, I, I was surprised when I heard the news because I, I, I just thought this was the direction that they were, they were going. As frustrating as it was, as much as we have talked about it at length, I just thought that you know, Bloom himself was sort of doing some of the bidding of ownership. Now, you know, I, I think that's a, it's a wide discussion because, you know, I, I think in that regard, he did do, you know, what John Henry, what ownership wants, which is cut down payroll, not give out huge contracts.
1: You know, and we so- say that all the time. Do we know that for a fact or we're just assuming that? Because I've heard that narrative too and I, I believe it. I, I tend to think that way too, but do, do you think that that he was told that in those words or similar words, like we're bringing you in here. We need to trim payroll. We can't, we're not going to be big spenders. Like, because if you really believe that he was told that, then I have a little sympathy for the guy, to be honest with you. I I do. In Um, some way,
0: in some way I do too, because I don't, I don't know if it was directly said to him that way, but Scott, the way that they were doing business, I mean, the first thing that they put on his desk, The first thing that they gave to him was, congratulations, you're the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox.
1: Go trade Mookie Betts. That's what he had to do.
0: That that wasn't his decision. It's not like uh, Bloom came in and said, "I going to trade."
1: You sure it wasn't his decision? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. We just we're not paying the guy. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Absolutely. He he. That was not. I,
1: I'd love to hear John Henry. I wish he would come on. He hasn't spoken since oh, yes. this happened. I'd like to see him get behind the microphone to answer those questions.
0: Oh, well, of course. Hey, yeah, he hung owner.
1: Kennedy out to dry yeah, after they, they fired. They boy. just
0: they marched Sam out there. That's what they do yep. now, which is sad. Yep. Um, you know, and and I as we have said on the show. I like Sam, and he's a, he's a good man, um, but just, I don't know, I, I don't want to hear, in that situation, I don't want to hear the positivity, positive, 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 positive. I want to hear the realness. I yeah. want to hear, this is why we made a change. And it's funny, you didn't hear that realness from Sam Kennedy until they fired Bloom Yeah, right. Yeah, and and even then, though, there was some, like, we if we want to focus on the positive. Like, no, Sam, why'd you fire him? Why'd you let him go? Like, that's what all we're right. here to discuss. So th- don't don't peddle the positivity, all that. Like, why did you let him go? You let him go for a reason. Why'd you let him go? Yeah. I want to hear all that. That Like, we need to be real in this situation. Like, this this is somebody who just lost his job. You know, and you don't want to see somebody lose their job, but why did he lose his job? Why did you make this change? Why did you do it now? That's what we want. So
1: did you see the story that leaked yesterday? But again, uh, so the... the, the my first thought was, and I think everybody's first thought was, "Up oh, here's the Red Sox again, just smearing a guy on his way out the door because they did it to Terry Francona. Uh, but apparently the reporter who broke the story came out yesterday and said, no, I actually got this information a week ago, and I got it from the Texas Rangers uh, side of things. Okay. Apparently, Heim Bloom last offseason was uh, approached about Chris Sale.
0: The oh, Ra- I've heard like two the, different things. The Rangers things
1: about sale. wanted oh. Chris Sale. Yeah. And they apparently Bloom did not pull the trigger on the deal because he didn't like the minor league prospects he was getting return. It never should have been about that. It should have been we gotta get, get out from under this horrendous contract. Like how he couldn't see that in the average schmuck like you and me can. That's like what's wrong with you? Take a bag of balls for Chris Sale at this point, given where he's at with that contract, his arm, his injury history. And so I don't know how much that played into his getting fired yesterday, but he had a chance to get out from under the sale contract and didn't. So when that story came out, everybody says, oh, here's the Red Sox again, just smearing a guy out the door, justifying why they fired a guy. But then I guess the the reporter said, no, no, I got this from Texas Rangers sources, the team that wanted him, and I got it a week ago. My question to that reporter would be, well, why'd you sit on it for a week? That's a big story. Why didn't you come out with it right away?
0: Well, and that's why – so I heard something different about Sale. I heard something about them trying to get uh, out from under his contract last year before his bike accident or something like that near the trade deadline. And so, like, okay, all these reports start coming out. Yeah. What do you believe? Whatever. I think the point is with Bloom, because I think some people – I you know, bring up the ownership thing and how I think that made his job difficult. At the same time, Scott – there were times where Bloom could have pulled the trigger on certain things and did not. Um, the inaction at this year's trade deadline, yeah, um, you know, and, and some of the moves that were made. Like, you, I, I put full blame on on Bloom. Looking at you know the contracts in the offseason with pitchers and saying, ah, we'll just we'll sign Corey Kluber for this much instead and save a few million and not sign Nathan Abaldi. Like. You know those those moves like that. That's where I'm like, and and building the team I think is up to him, and going into the year with basically no second baseman, um, no great plan at shortstop. You know, you went out and you got a couple of guys, but like a guy like Mondesi, you got from the Royals was damaged goods. Yeah. Um, Trevor Story himself is a guy that that Bloom signed. Um, he was damaged goods. So. There are moves where you look at it and you say, OK, well, in that regard, he did not do the job well. And so this is why I think they're making that change. But at the, again, like it's I think it's half and half. I think there's two parts to the story. One is that, you know, some of the mandated things that he had to do from from ownership in terms of, you know, saving the costs and whatnot. Yeah. Um. You know, was he hamstrung by it? Maybe. Um, But the other part, too, is that, yeah, uh, some of the moves that he made or didn't make are probably what cost him his job. And, you know, it's good to have a farm system. It's good to have prospects. But as I've said before, Scott, like you need to look at your prospects and say, these are the ones I think are going to work out and I want to keep. These are the ones that I don't really think are going to work out. But you know what? I'm going to sell them to the other teams so that I can compete at the big league level. You have to be able to do both in Boston. It can't be full on you know, rebuild for however many years. And, you know, they're spiraling toward last place again. And so, you know, they, they needed to, I, 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 you know, I'm not, I was surprised when it happened, but at the same time, you know, they need to make a change. Now, does this mean that ownership is going to make a change themselves in terms of their commitment to the big league club? I don't know. I hope so,
1: because I think that's what they need. You're right about two things. I mean, number one, for, for Heim Bloom or any GM for that matter to have to start his career off by letting a guy like uh, Mookie oh, Betts go. Yeah, I mean that's not a good way to start your career as general manager of the Boston Red Sox. You're almost doomed for failure from the start because you made such an unpopular move. And then the second thing is, as much as we're all disgruntled, disappointed with the job that <clears throat> excuse me that Heim did, this organization whoever it takes over is in a pretty good position. I mean when you look at the young talent. And if ownership is now saying, yeah, we're, we're committed, we're going to spend money and this and that, whoever takes over him is in a pretty good spot. Yeah. So you're right about those things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do at, uh, at that position. And, you know, we've heard the rumblings that Alex Cora at some point in his career wants to go upstairs. Is now the time? Um, I can see a few scenarios. First of all, scenario number one would be, They hire a new GM or president of baseball operations, whatever title they give him now. They hire that person, and that person decides the fate of Cora. Maybe that person likes Cora, keeps him as manager. Maybe that person doesn't like Cora and wants to hire his own skipper. So there's a chance that Cora loses his job. That would be one scenario. Uh, The other scenario would be um, that they say, you know what, maybe we'll take a shot on Cora here, bump him upstairs, and hire a new manager. A lot of people wonder if that guy might be Jason Veritek. Maybe it's Cora upstairs. Maybe it's Veritek as your manager. Yeah. I I don't know. I
0: love the captain. Put him as the manager.
1: I I, I don't know. I I can almost see them elevating Cora to some type of – now, maybe he's not the guy completely in charge of pulling the trigger on deals, but maybe he's like the second in charge. I I don't know. I could see that because he's got a daughter that's in college at Boston College. Mm -hmm. He's kinda intimated I don't want to do this thing forever, meaning managing. So I don't know. I wonder if if maybe they're thinking that. I, I don't know. I'd like to see him still remain on as manager because I think he's an excellent manager, but we'll see.
0: So just to, to you know, round out your Bloom point there, you, you mentioned the Betts trade again. You know, the reason that Bloom, you know, may have lost his job is think about the Betts trade itself. Did he win the?
1: He had the no. chance.
0: He had the chance to to make that deal and bring back prospects and whatnot to start his Red Sox tenure. Did he win that deal? No, no. Because Verdugo's gone after this year. Yep, he's gone. He's the centerpiece of that deal. Has has been up and down and consistent. And don't give me, oh well, they got Connor Wong. I like Connor Wong. When you trade Mookie Betts, you shouldn't just get Connor Wong yeah. as a part of your success in the deal. You should have got a king's ransom. Nick. You should have gotten. Yeah. At the time, I mean, they, they should have gotten Gavin Lux and Dustin May. Like, the, there were guys there. Obviously, they also had to dump the de- the contract of David Price in the deal, so that probably lessened whatever prospect capital they got, but whatever. It, they didn't win the deal. They didn't win the deal. Sorry, yep. they didn't yep. win the deal. Um, You know, but, you know, talking about Cora, it was really interesting, Scott, that the move is made to let go of Bloom and it was not long after, I'm going to say within a half hour of that move being announced on social media, that Buster only threw out the idea of Cora moving upstairs. And to me, if he's sitting on that, if he knows something, it's sort of like, hmm, interesting here. Are they going to pull a Brad Stevens here? and they going to move him upstairs? I think if they move Cora upstairs, I think he needs an experienced GM with him. Like, I think Agreed. I could see, like... In, right now with this this current setup or what was the current setup, you know, like Bloom's the chief baseball officer, quote-unquote, and then they had Brian O'Halloran as the GM. Uh, it, Bloom was basically – he was making all the moves. Like, yeah. they, he was doing the, the thing. Say they put Cora as chief baseball officer. Maybe that general manager role is very important in terms of their structure. Like, maybe Cora has that title, but maybe it's somebody like a Brandon Gomes in L.A. that comes back here and says, well – He's the experienced guy, knows how to handle contracts and executives yep. and all that sort of thing. And Cora's really good at talent evaluating and whatnot, and so they sort of work collaboratively, if you will, if they move them upstairs. Because I, with baseball executives, I, I think it's a little – I don't know. It's a little more complicated. Um, you know, There's just a lot to it, and I think you need that experience. Um, but Cora knows talent. Like I think he's got an eye for talent. He's yep. an eye test guy. He's yep. old school. So moving him upstairs, I think there'd be, you know, some value there.
1: I would love to see it uh, because as a guy who, as I mentioned, just celebrated the 27th anniversary of his 29th birthday, <laughs> I'm old school when it comes to baseball. And to me, Core is a guy that evaluates with his eyes and with his gut, yes. not with analytics. I'm so freaking sick of being married to analytics, okay, and the Tampa Bay way or the Billy I, – I, I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, go with what your eyes see and what your gut tells you. And that's why I would welcome Cora in a position like that. If indeed he no longer wants to manage and he wants to get into that part of the business, I'd be for that. You know, just going back to Bloom too. Again, we talked about starting your career off with a bet steal. It was almost a no-win situation. But then to me, he totally botched the Xander Bogart situation. Yeah. And, and, and this is where I think a guy like Cora would have gotten it right. Um, he went out and he spent all this money on story, almost sealing the fate of Bogarts, like we know in his contracts up in another year, we're not going to be able to keep him, so um, this is his replacement. The mistake you made was, A, Bogarts was beloved in Boston. B, he produced at a high level here. So you had a known commodity that was getting it done at a high level, and instead you traded that for essentially a guy that, Got it done in Colorado where numbers can be inflated because of that stadium, number one. And number two, you don't know how he's going to handle the pressures of playing in Boston. Like, I'm, all, I'm a big believer in that. And I, I go back to the old, you know, Lester situation. Like, if you got a guy in hand that can perform at a high level in this market, you're better off keeping him than going out and spending on another, another guy at the same position who you think will be a star here. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think he really messed that up, too. So it wasn't just it wasn't just Mookie Betts. It was Andrew Bogarts. He yeah. screwed that situation up too. Forget about the fact that you know he didn't you know go out and make any huge signings beyond that. I mean that was pretty much it, right? I can't think of any other big. Yoshida was the big was. The I guess yeah, signing. and he yeah. was criticized for that, and he just turned out to be okay. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I I, uh, I don't mind the Yoshida signing. I think he'll be good for them. Um. Yeah, knowing this place is, is a big deal. I, I mean, we, we criticize Bloom left and right for just not having a feel for what Boston is. Um, like, the, the you know, the memorable quote of the Bloom era will be that day when they signed Rafael Devers. And he looked into the cameras and went into the microphone and he said, you know, Red Sox fans, we're going to do this and it's going to be awesome. And he said a lot. I'm standing in the room and I'm like, what is this guy doing? He goes, you know, Red Sox fans, we've been through a lot. We've been, you know, through our ups and downs and whatever. I'm like, dude, you don't know the ups and downs. You weren't here. You didn't suffer through the curse of the Bambino. Like, that's insulting, dude. You don't get it. You don't get that that's insulting. You've been here four years. The ups and downs of getting to the ALCS in 2021, let me ask you this: Really, so
1: they uh, they lost last night. The Yankees won, so the Red Sox are now in last place again. Will this be three out of four years I under believes, Bloom I that they will have so. finished in last place? Yeah, I believe so. Wow.
0: Yeah, and they I mean, I that mean,
1: that's what's unacceptable.
0: Uh, that, and I think that's what they're looking at. Yeah, I think that's what they're looking at. So, and you know, it, just having a feel for this place, I think, is really important. Like I, I, I say this because you know I was listening to Boston radio this week when when the Bloom news happened and. <laughs> Uh, I, I heard Felger poo-pooing left and right. They were bringing up some of the candidates. And, and Gomes, I think, the you know, the guy in L.A., he's from Fall River. And I think that's I think that's an important thing, Scott, because Felger's poo-pooing it all. I don't care where he's from. Sorry, don't care. I'm like, no, 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 Felger, this isn't the Bruins where they sign somebody from Walpole and everybody's like, oh, he's from Walpole. And like, okay, Felger, I, I, I get it. Who cares? It doesn't matter where he's from. If he can play, he can play. In this situation, I think it actually does help if you're from here. A guy from Fall River who probably grew up rooting for the Red Sox knows what the Red Sox organization is about, knows what the market is about, knows what the expectation is here. I think that is important for a baseball executive because yeah. he's going to come here and he's not going to he's not going to look in the microphones and say we've been through our ups and downs yep. when he's been here 4 years and doesn't know what the hell the curse of the Bambino is. So, I just I heard that this week and I'm like, y- you're I don't think that's a I don't think that point stands up here with this particular situation, position, whatnot. So, you know, that's why I put somebody like that, at the, you know, on the list. Um, you know, I've heard the names, you know, J.P. Rashardi. I've put, I've heard, you know, Tim Nairing is an executive with the Yankees, though I think if the Yankees let go of Cashman, that's a guy that's probably going to stay there. Um, you know, Brian Sabian's in that organization now. That's a guy that obviously had a lot of success out in San Francisco. Um, so... I, I'm I'm throwing out a lot of names here. I, I the point is, I'd like to see somebody that has some experience come in. Um, you know, that just is a longtime baseball executive. I don't think uh, having a first year or first time GM or chief baseball officer works this time. I think they need somebody experienced that has the that has the intuition too to you know again evaluate their prospects, know what they're going to move, and just has the gall to say like at the trade deadline, eh. We'll part with this guy because I know it's going to help our big cleek club now. So somebody like that.
1: All right. You want to talk about the Red Sox decision to fire Heim Bloom, who you think they should consider as his replacement. 401-777-1037 is that phone number. That's 401-777-1037. The text line is open as well. You can reach us there at 37937. We'll take a break. We'll come back with your phone calls. You're listening to Cordishian and Coit on WEI.